in a world, the year 2001. Welcome to the podcast fueled by Octane and Family. Hello everyone, Brad the Movie Guy here along with co-host extraordinaire Cody Wilfong. And on today's podcast, we're traveling to another world in 2001 where Dominic Toretto was played by someone else, Mia Toretto was played by someone else, and there was a whole lot of other what-ifs throughout this whole franchise. That's right, folks. We are talking about the 2001 street racing hit, The Fast and the Furious. What are those what-ifs now? What could have been? How different could this franchise have been? Find out right here, right now, in a world. Hello, everyone. Brad the Movie Guy here, along with co-host extraordinaire Cody Wilfong. And how's it going, buddy? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. I feel like I'm going to have to take a lot of pauses because I could already feel my nose getting stuffy. <laughs> Never a good sign. Anyway... This is our first episode of the new year, so we thought we would do one that's kind of a guilty pleasure, cult classic kind of movie, and we went with the 2001, uh, I guess we could call it a mega hit now, The Fast and the Furious. Um, We are here to talk about this film today with you folks in the year 2024. Um, So, for the people who may not know... The Fast and Furious is about Los Angeles police officer Brian O'Connor must decide where his loyalties really lies. After meeting street racing king Dominic Toretto, Brian becomes enamored with the street racing world he has been sent undercover to destroy. Now, to be honest, this movie is very much point break with... Instead of surfers, we got race cars. cars. Yeah, we got cars. We got race car drivers. Um, and Are really race car drivers, though? I mean, you ask, any, you ask any racer, any real racer. I mean, drag, they kind of... They're drag racers. Can you, can you remember, Street like... Racers. Now... And where we live, there is, like, a small bit of, like, street racer culture around here. That meet up in the Walmart parking lot. Exactly. But we do <laughs> know of them. I don't remember them existing, though, before this franchise became a thing. People were I, getting their cars done just like his car. I remember that. I mean, even in uh, Parks and Rec, it is referred to by, um, what's his name now? Oh. Aziz Asaro's character. What's his? Tom. Tom's character. He gets his little, like, parks and recreation vehicle painted like, uh... Been making some modifications to the pace car. Speaker system. Madman bar. iPad dock. And BAM! Orange racing stripe. It's a perfect recreation of Hanlu's Nissan and Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Weirdly, so far, no one has noticed. And, but, like... It's funny because he then makes the comment, as people heard, of, like, so far, uh, nobody's noticed. And because, let's be honest, it's weird. Tokyo Drift is kind of like that one out of the, what is there? There are 11 films now. This one film has produced a 10 sequels. Well, well, well let's, nine sequels and a spinoff, to be, to be fair. But, um... The, these movies are so heavy into the culture. Like, even if we go to 20, 22 Jump Street, when um, 
uh, Jonah Hill's in the car, and he yells Tokyo Drift as he's drifting, and then when he stops, he says, a little too fast, a little too furious. It's it, There's constant references to these movies all around pop culture. Well, fellas, I think it's quite clear what happened. The pilot's head exploded while he was being read this! The script for The Fast and the Furious 7! Homer, what's your favorite movie? Fast and Furious 6. And what's the theme of that movie? Cars. What's the other theme? <gasps> Especially, like, with Vin Diesel and everything he does with Corona and family, um, it's it originates all the way back in 2001 in this movie. So there's 13 in total. What? Currently. There's movies? Mm -hmm. Well, they, they were, they're, so far, T X was the last one released, and there's two more, because well, for some God knows reason, they are releasing that monstrosity into three parts. They're counting the two short films, and I guess there's an animated series. There is an animated series, and then there's Hobbs and Shaw, and I guess there's, wait, short films? Well, okay, no, yeah, because there's like a prologue one about Brian between... The first and second film, I think. Which I've never seen. I haven't seen it either, but I know of it. Because, let's be honest, I've been raised by, on these movies. Like, I was 10 years old when this movie first came out. When did this come out? 2001. But we'll get to that soon, because going back into this movie, it was directed by Rob Cohen. It was written by Ken Lee, Gary Scott Thompson, and Eric Burquist. Um, I think uh, David uh, Goyer also did something with the script, but... IMDb never labeled his name on the as a, a writer, so I didn't include it, but I wanted to mention it just in case I'm fucking up. Um, and because this is a What If podcast, we're going to mention that this movie originally starred Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and Jord or Jordana Brewster, among many others. Um, and we'll get into some of the other stars, because sadly, some of the stars don't get to meet the unholy of unjust thing of movie law and bringing back characters that are constantly dead um one character in particular in this movie sadly doesn't get to have that honor of coming back like everyone else has but yeah so i think we all know who that is yeah <laughs> but um oh by the way before we go any further did we ever hear about gabe Oh, uh, yeah, he's texted me, but he never responded back to my text, so... Okay, um, Gabe's a good buddy of ours. He's been, He was on our Star Wars podcast a while back. Um, he's a big fan of this movie. He has a shirt that says... Uh, two two Jesus. Well, <laughs> no, no, it's uh, Tuna No Crust. Um, tuna on White I thought no you crust. were going to say a moment of silence for Paul Walker. Oh, no, no. I mean, we could, but it's... I, I don't know. Moment's passed. <laughs> well, no, hey, whoa, whoa, no, no, not that. It's just like, it, it, moments of silences actually make me feel more awkward. And like, when I die, do not have a moment of silence because then all you're gonna think about is like, Brian would be so awkward right now. <laughs> like, there's a, there's I would literally just be like, who's gonna? Because someone, okay, here's the thing: someone has to break the silence. How long is too long? How short is too short? It's usually, it, usually the it's, host it's too much. It. It's too much. It's too much. Usually the host it's too much. It. You know what you do? You can have your own silent moment if you want, but don't force it on everybody because that's too much anxiety on me. Because there's a podcast I do listen to, and they gave them they gave a moment of silence for Steve Irwin for some reason. 
Well, I mean, he was a very like. Well, it's yeah, a sports podcast. He he meant a, he meant a lot to a lot of people, so, Cody. We're not here to judge, so but usually the, the host is the one that breaks the silence. But overall, with how we're going to talk about him, this podcast I can say will be very much dedicated to him because I think he made these movies more than Vin Diesel did. But we will get into that shortly because what do we have to do first, Cody? Well, first of all, I just forgot to mention, this is In a World, Film's He's... What If podcast, and we have to get into the what if. So let's get on to into him. Welcome back, everyone. We are here now to talk about, our. we are in our what if section, but I have retitled it, Furious What Ifs. <laughs> Maybe I should add race car sound effects there. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so the first casting what I have is, of course, about Brian O'Connor. Um, so this movie was kind of set up for Paul Walker. He said in an interview that, like, he always kind of wanted to do a movie, like, similar to Donnie Brasco about an undercover cop going into, you know, getting it too deep undercover and stuff like that. So he, this kind of role Brian O'Connor being this special agent undercover in this world especially like with race cars because he was he was into cars before this movie so it was kind of a perfect fit for him but if there was a chance he couldn't do it for some reason or didn't want to do it here are the names that were all considered for him we get Mark Wahlberg uh, not a terrible but, it, but it's just Transformers again no, no, he's not, he's acting with people, and I think that's Mark Wahlberg's thing. He can't act with things that aren't there, but he can act with things that are there. It's, I just think... Like Julianne be, Moore. I feel like the movie would be terrible if he was... I think our 100th episode has to be Boogie Nights. <laughs> I just think it has to be. You know we, what we, we haven't keep done? talking about Boogie Nights. We haven't done a Transformers movie. I would do the first one, and the third. Yeah. Oh, Bumblebee. La- I like Bumblebee. The ones with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, except for the second one. I'm not crazy about that second one. Anywho, um, but yeah, so we got Mark Wahlberg, who I think, like, he's not an awful, but, okay, can we imagine him during the the racing scene where he's, like, smiling? Dude, I almost had you. <laughs> um, the next one, and this one's kind of weird, but he's also a chameleon of an actor, so I can see him doing it. Christian Bale. Um, That'd be weird. It would be weird. He would play the role 150% differently, but I don't think he wouldn't be able to not do it, though, because he... It's Christian Bale. Like, he is... Like I said, he's a chameleon of an actor. He's very committed. Is he a method actor? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he would be... He would be Brian O'Connor. He'd be like, dude, check it. I, I, I Well, the Paul Walker surfer kind of language that's paul walker he's from california he was born in that kind of valley talk culture so that's very specific to paul walker being brian o'connor so christian bale i don't it's so much harder to kind of because there's a lot of interesting what ifs coming for dom by the way so each character is considerably different, especially once, um, I'll mention this right now, um, Paul Walker was the very first person casted for this film, but 
Vin Diesel had to do considerable rewrites and re reworking of the script before he would sign on. So do you think... Okay, hear me out on this. This He might be too old in 2001. But Sean Penn. Um, the Sean Penn, 2001, I think, was doing uh, The Dude, Sentinel or something like he that. He's also 41 years old. Yeah, no, way too old. Or way too Nicolas old. Nicholas Cage, gone in 60 seconds. Nah, because see, <laughs> that was another complaint from... Uh, well, we'll get to that very soon. But uh, the last name I have for Brian O'Connor here, this is one I wouldn't see. I would see this person as a street racer character. Maybe if you change out Jaw Rule, but that would be a race swap. Depends what they would want to do with that. But it says Eminem. Now, Eminem has been in things. Eight Mile is a very well-known and critically successful film. Uh, However, he is playing himself in that movie. He is not playing a different character than himself. And have we ever seen Eminem play anyone besides... Like, even whenever he's in a movie, he's playing himself. What? He was in the interview playing himself. Yeah, exactly. But he's, he's making fun of himself. He's just making fun of himself. But he's never had to be a character. And he was also... Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's this year's coming out with a Roadhouse remake where he... In that movie, he's going to be an ex-MMA fighter. But... Oh, no, wait, no. I'm mixing up my Jake Gyllenhaal movies. He was supposed to star in Southpaw. But then he decided not to do it. He does the song for the movie... But uh, Jake Gyllenhaal comes in and stars in that instead, which I'm not a big Southpaw? fan of. Southpaw? The boxing movie? Yeah. Eminem was supposed to star that? Yes. Welcome uh, to they, the world of what ifs. They um, they made the right choice. Yeah, but the movie's still not that great, so it doesn't really matter. They wouldn't anyway. have been anywhere great. No, no, no. So our next uh, role that we are looking into the casting of is of Mia Toretto. So the original person that this was written for was actually Eliza Dushku. Now, it's not the worst decision. I could see her as Mia. I think, full disclosure, I'm not crazy about Jordana Brewster's acting. I don't think she's great. In fact, she didn't land another role for, I think, like four years after this first film came out. And then she came back for the fourth uh, um, Fast and Furious movie, obviously. But... Yeah, so it was written for Liza Dushku. It was the character was like modeled after. Am I saying it wrong? No, it's just okay. Like Dush- it, 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 <laughs> maybe I am. I but it's D U S H K U. Like I don't know how else you would pronounce Dushkanu. it. But <laughs> she turned it down. But here's where things get interesting. We get Sarah Michelle Gellar, which I think in 2001 that's a really weird choice. Uh, Kristen Dunst, who. Mm. Not that bad of a choice, depending on who plays Dom. Um, then we got, uh, I think it's pronounced Bjor Phillips, um, and then Jessica Biel. But there was one person who was strongly considered, but she didn't want to go into another franchise so soon. Because she was already contracted and was going to be in, one year later, Attack of the Clones. And that was Natalie Portman. Now, she made the right choice. I, but the thing is, it's like, Natalie Portman opposite Paul Walker makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, her opposite Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, or Eminem, not so much. But Paul Walker, I could see that working. Um, 
But yeah, Natalie Portman's probably like, but Natalie Portman and I actually I'm gonna throw Jessica Biel. I think Jessica Biel would have probably been decent as a Mia. Again though, it's all depending on who they get as Dom, because um, Timothy Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, thank you for spoiling it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Timothy Oliphant would turn down the role of Dominic Toretto, but what, he what, wasn't the only one. What, what did he end up doing? Well, see, here's uh, the thing. He felt like the movie was too similar to another car movie he just did, Gone in 60 Seconds. But he also, I guess, supposedly referred to it as um, Point Break with drivers instead of surfers as well. Because when you watch it, Brian O'Connor is clearly Keanu Reeves in that movie. Uh, Dominic Toretto with his crew, or his team, sorry, um, he is definitely Patrick Swayze. Which, again, it's like, it's a weird what if, but, like, if this movie was made in the 80s, we don't even have to second think about it. It's, okay, Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves, weirdly. Um, but there was at one point, after Timothy Oliphant decided to pass on him, but, here, okay, as weird as it sounds, we don't know if Dominic Toretto was always the name. However, though, Toretto kind of... You could maybe get away Italian? Mm. Maybe, yes, no. I, I could be off. It, it could be a... Either way, I his, think... His style is weird. Because it could be... I think that, like, Vin Diesel, because we know he is biracial. Would he be from Brazil? Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure. But either way, I think Timothy Oliphant, depending on how they work it, could have fit into this, like... Because we have kind of seen Timothy Oliphant in the kind of roles of this kind of lead gangster kind of guy. Um, have you ever seen the movie Go, by chance? No. I, I could see him kind of being in that realm. He plays kind of a pimp in that. Um, the, another movie where I Just could think of where he's kind of like this this figure of like power and authority, but in, in, in a weird sense, is... Um, this movie called The Girl Next Door. And he's really good in that movie, but... Again, like, I feel like he would have to... I don't know why, but, like... If you're, like, the king of race racers, I feel like you would have to be built like Vin Diesel. So he would have to pack on some muscle. Or, like, he was such a good driver that it's just, like... His presence is just, like... Do you know who that fucking guy is? Kind of thing. But I don't know. I could be speaking out of my ass, but... I don't think Timothy Oliphant is that bad of a choice. Who's but the guy that looks just like him? That's Josh Dermal. I don't think he'd be a good Dominic Toretto. He's too nice. He plays with Ty- is it Tyrese Gibson. Yeah, but I mean, he's too... <laughs> I, I just feel like he's too I'm an American soldier kind of guy. He's too Captain America-y. Uh, he could take the Rock's place in the later films. Sure, why not? <laughs> but no, those are some weirder what-ifs. Um, did one, you look into those? Oh yeah, I have them here. Um, at one point, though, Colin Farrell was considered for the part of Dominic. That would have been a hell of a fucking choice. Would it be in Dublin? Because he's Irish. He does a great American accent. I don't know what you're <laughs> smoking, man. But um, no, like, have you watched the Batman? I've watched SWAT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I have watched the Batman. Okay, like why? Why even talk after that? Like, did you just compare? Did you just compare a T-boned steak to like a fried a flaming young? No, no, like a fried like I I don't know like grain of rice. <laughs> That's the same. No, the Batman is great compared so to SWAT. So is SWAT. No, it's not. That movie's oh man. We're, we'll talk later. <laughs> but no. Uh, <laughs> You're going to get three lashes. <laughs> was it Robert De Niro says in Killers of the Flower Moon? All right, bend over the thing. <laughs> um, oh, no. But no, Colin Farrell, though, he does have a commanding presence kind of thing to him. Where I feel like he kind of has that gravitas that they, Mia kind of explains about Dom. About how people just kind of get sucked into him. How is it that Jesse fits into the whole thing? Jesse, well, Jesse and Leon just sort of showed up one night and never ever left. That's just the way my brother is, though. You know, Dom's like—he's—he's he's like gravity. Everything just gets pulled to him. Even you. What about a uh, Charlie Hunnam? But no. not with his current hair. After uh, Rebel Moon, I'm going to say no. Uh, <laughs> this is before Rebel Moon. I know, but at the same time, it's like... Have him have the hair like he did in Sons. No. I feel like he's fine as Jax Teller. Like, let's leave him as Jax Teller, because if he's Dominic Toretto, he's never Jax Teller. Well, what if he's Paul Walker? Or not Paul Walker, Brian O'Connor. I mean... But then again, we run into the Suns thing. Like, like is he now? Because then is he then written into a like he's a cop who's going undercover and breaks undercover. But there again, Paul Walker could still be alive if he didn't accept the role of Fast and Furious. I mean, he was leaving at a charity event. <laughs> I mean, that could have a butterfly effect. I, I, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's up for debate, but I just feel like Colin Farrell would be a hell of a Dominic. Um, what about Dinto? Change it all up. <laughs> no, um, if anyone from, ah, see, Denzel's too old because what we find out in this movie is that, what are you hitting? <laughs> I can hear that in my headphones. <laughs> um, I can, uh, in the movie, we we are referred to that, like, these guys, his crew, um, his, like, Vince, the main, like, sidekick of Dom's, has known him since the third grade. They went to third grade together, and um, we find out that Vince is 24 years old. He doesn't look 24. No, but that means Dom is also supposed to be 24 years old, In that, if that's the case. So that means, but here's the kicker. Vin Diesel. They got a nice home for being 24. Oh, yeah. Well, and also, like, nice cars, nice setup, nice everything for, again, being 24. And then, if that's the case, they talk about how Letty was, well, we'll get into that shortly. Um, How much younger is she? Well, that's, I don't know. It's never revealed, but they talk about how when she was younger, she always, like, had a thing for Dom because he was into cars and she was into cars. And, like, when she became 16, all of a sudden Dom noticed her. And then Mia says something weird, like, funny how that happens all of a sudden, right? But then, like, 
what 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 do you mean by that? Like, what? what? <laughs> but anyway, uh, but anyway, knowing that Vin Diesel or uh, Dom is supposed to be twenty four, I decided to. Oh, oh, here's the kicker: Denzel was ten years older than that. He's thirty four in this role, playing a twenty four year old. So that's weird alone now. But so I decided to like roll back the time, uh, the the hands of time or whatever, and I decided to look up actors that were born between 1975 and 1977. Okay, so you gotta leave that. That's so funny. Oh my god, no, I, that was <laughs> disgusting, man. Anyway, so I looked up actors between 19 like I I sound so much clearer now. It's ridiculous. Born between 1975 through 1977. So first name, you know it's coming. You know it's gonna come. John Berthall. John Bernthal as Dominic Toretto. Tell me that is not a slam fucking dunk of a choice. This would have been well before Walking Dead. He could have had his big break here. Like, he has, I mean, he's a short guy. This he's is well like before about, anything. Yeah, well, yeah. But, but, still. Was he even an actor? Uh, let me, that's a great question. You look that up real quick, but I'm going to defend my choice here. Uh, <laughs> but he has that alpha presence. You know, we get that from Shane. We've seen that in Shane. He's a physically fit dude, even though he's, he's not the tallest guy, but he does have like a big presence to him. Um, I think he could easily pull off being a street racer and he could play calm, but also play like the hot wire too. So he started acting the year after this came out. So he could have easily been in this. And he was a TV star before a movie. Yeah, but he, but either Roy, he was dipping his toe into acting. He could have easily went to a casting call. And... Do you want to know his first acting? Sure. Law and Order. Oh. That's like every actor, I feel like. Anyone's like, I was uh, cadaver number three on episode 295. Um, he was only supposed to be in one episode, and then he got a role for Lane Rudolph, main character, one of them. Well, there you go. Because he's a, John Berthold's a good actor. I stand by that. But I also kind of stand by this choice. A little more, again, I I went with actors because no matter what, Dom has to be the alpha. He has to be the commanding presence on the street. Um, so, the next actor I have, he's more of a big presence, he's a tall motherfucker, probably couldn't fit into the car that they had Dom drive, Alexander Skarsgård. Again, commanding presence, knows how to be calm, but also knows how to be really good at angry calm. Like, and I feel like that's kind of a good thing with Dominic, is like, he has his moments where he's angry, but he has his moments where you can tell he's pissed, but he's like, he's being calm about it. And we see a lot of that, and again, I probably shouldn't admit to the world how much I know about True Blood, but at him on True Blood, he really, as, um, I can't think of his character's name, but, like, I just remember him on that show. Um, ooh, it's gonna come, because Bill is the one Sookie's Eric. It's Eric Northman. Um, that was gonna bug me if I didn't get it. But yeah, as Eric Northman, though, he kinda has this Dominic Toretto-esque vibe to him that I think could translate into this movie depending again how that script is worked because I feel like a lot of who each actor is is kind of inserted into Brian O'Connor into Dominic Toretto into Mia Toretto um but yeah 
Um, next name I have, he was, he was also someone on True Blood, um, and he also has a commanding presence, or dare I say, pack master presence. Again, shouldn't reveal to the world how much I know about True Blood, but, uh, this is Joe Manganello, aka the guy who I think needs a good fucking break in Hollywood. He's kind of been in really shitty movies. I haven't liked a lot of what he's done. And he was supposed to be Deathstroke in the Zack Snyder verse. Mm-hmm. And we were robbed of it. We got his badass costume. We got his badass presence at the he end of... He was comic uh, accurate, too. Yeah, and he looked awesome, man. And then, like, he gets a, he gets a little moment in the Snyder cut, of course. But I think he would have been a... Again, he's pretty much like a different version of Vin Diesel. Like, he's a multiversal Vin Diesel, if you ask me. It says that Danny Trejo could have been up for a part in Fast and Furious. Danny Trejo should be in every movie. I don't know why you're bringing this up to me like I don't know this. Well, this also says that Sylvester Stallone was up for a role. Speaking of Danny Trejo, hear me out. How would you feel about doing Spy Kids 2? I mean, we can. Just just a thought. Anyway. Jet Li... Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Travolta were all up for roles of in the Fast and Furious movies. It doesn't say what roles, but well, I got some I got some confirmations for you. So you you hold on to your seat, buddy, because the next name I think you'll like this next name. He was just starting his career around this time. He has a very John Bernthal presence to him as well. Um, he is an actor we like to bring up here a lot. And, again, he was starting his career around this time, but in a very not popular Star Trek movie. And that actor was Tom Hardy. Again, Tom Hardy as Dominic Toretto, do not tell me that does not work. This guy would kick your ass left and right and still be able to race a car and do it in real life as well. What about Dave Bautista? Dave Bautista wasn't into acting at this time. Well, like, if we were to... If he was, like, going into, like, he wanted to do his acting before wrestling, yeah, I would consider that. Like, what about now? Do you think he... I don't... Well, I think he would... Dominic Toretto now is Vin Diesel. That's the issue. But, but... like, get rid of Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is Jason Momoa. You don't want Dave... You don't want Dave Bautista in a Fast and Furious movie now, man. Maybe it could help. We'll get into the reasons franchise. why soon. We'll get into that very shortly, I promise you. But we, we'll we'll have our thoughts on that. And then I have one last name for Dom. Again, these are the names I've been mentioning are not ones that were up. These are ones I did for my research. Last name, he's known for his comedic roles, but he's a big guy. And I feel like he could also just also need... Like, a different kind of role to be in. Uh, a lot of people know him from the show Shameless now as Lovable Kevin, but I chose Steve Howie. Um, again, very tall guy. Why are you doing this to me, man? <laughs> <laughs> I had a good idea that just popped into my head, but finish. Um, but again, you know, I think he could play serious. He's a big dude who I believe seeing on... Um, you know, if I saw him on East Main on a Saturday night, I would totally believe he was about to race down the, you know, quarter mile of East Main Street. <laughs> but so, what were you about to say? I don't have a huge defense with him. I just really needed a fifth name. <laughs> so if you were to... So if this was based in the 90s, 
this is 2001, not the 90s. I know, but if this was based in the 90s, okay. hypothetically, okay. who would you pick to put in those roles? I think Val Kilmer would be up for a good role. I think Val Kilmer would, well, if we do it in the early 90s, we should just put, I don't know, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. They, these two guys were put into movies constantly together in the 90s for some reason. Let's throw in Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> it's Die Hard 3. It's, uh, what other, uh, Bruce Pulp Willis Fiction. Bruce be Dominic Toretto with his bald head. Oh my god. <laughs> that, that, that's the only reason. Uh, no, uh, see, it gets weird because, like, as the 90s became kind of grungy, the action star changed. Nicolas Cage became kind of a proto of the new action hero. I mean, you got Con Air, Face Off, you got 60, 60 Seconds. I mean, the dude was making, and to be fair, good action movies in the 90s. Um, but, like, yeah, you know what? He probably, if, if this was made before Gone in 60 Seconds, Gone in 60, Gone in 60 Seconds is a remake. We'll get into what this movie this this movie's based off something. We'll get into that here very shortly. Um, but yeah, those were my names for like if we got an age appropriate Dominic Toretto, um, and then this one. Okay, this might be some possible BS. I even wrote in my not in my notes very capital big capital letters possible BS possible BS. Apparently, Rob Cohen, the director of original casting choices, were. Mario Lopez is Dominic, Mark Paul Gossler as Brian, and Dustin Diamond as Jesse. You know what that is? That's a Saved by the Bell reunion. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Movie. Why? I for, like, for starters, what executive is like, like sitting there and just like, we'll consider it. We'll consider it. First of all, that's a horrible movie. Like... Dustin Diamond's not a terrible Jesse, to be honest, but I like Jesse being a kid versus however... Well, no, this is 2001. Yeah, no, I don't like Jesse in that role. Uh, or uh, Dustin Diamond in that role. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't like... Mark Paul Gosler. Gosler. That's not a bad choice, though, for Brian O'Connor. You might as well just throw George Lopez in there. What? Where did that come from? What the <laughs> fuck, Mario man? Lopez? Mario, Mario Lopez. A that's a that's a slap in the face to Mario Lopez. George I'm gonna Lopez is good. Yeah, okay, they're two different. Like, have you seen Mario Lopez, dude? He has only been on. Uh, he's Jesse from Saved by the Bell. He's only he's, he's the right wrestler. Now, he's only been on uh, talent shows. Yeah, but th- you see the man, and you see George Lopez. You saw Blue Beetle. That, there's yeah. that you need to apologize. I did not see Blue Beetle because it was ass. Cody has broken one of my uh, sacred cinema sins. Um, these are things that I believe you don't do in order to enjoy a movie to the maximum, even if it's a mediocre movie. If you just follow these uh, simple rules, you can enjoy any movie. What Cody did was he stated that he did not watch a movie and then proceed to judge it as if he has. We do not do that here, Cody. No, 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 no. Can't do that, buddy. You can judge a trailer. The trailer is something you can see, but until you watched a final product, we do not judge that movie. But let's get back to our regular program. 
It was alright. It's not great. It's weirdly the fifth greatest superhero movie released in 2023, voted well, by yeah. people, and in I don't... 2023? Yeah. Dude, they, I've seen some weird lists. Dude, the fucking Golden Globes were big night for Christopher Nolan. Big night for Christopher Nolan. Anyway, going on, though, I'm not against Mark Paul Gosler as Brian O'Connor. Throwing that out there. I think he's a good actor. I think he is someone who needed to escape the Zach Morris uh, image. And I think Brian O'Connor could have been actually good for him. Um, okay, so this, we don't have any more, well, I do have some casting what-ifs, but these the, the last what-ifs for this movie are about the title. Um, the title rights, not the story rights, to the film, The Fast and the Furious, released in 1954, were purchased so that the title could be used on this project. So there was a chance that they were possibly not able to use the Fast and the Furious at all. Now, they could have possibly just called it Fast and Furious. Possibly. Whatever. But who knows? Maybe their creative team would have done something differently. Now, it is to be mentioned in the... Well, I'll wait to the fun facts to mention it because I don't have a lot of fun facts. Anywho, I came up with ten possible titles. Fair warning, they suck. Uh, the <laughs> first one, The Fast and the Dangerous... Yeah, they wouldn't make that much money. How many how many hand gestures until you change your mind? Yeah, it's gonna keep going. Okay, uh, arms race. No, cheesy. I know. And like I said, these suck. Uh, red line. Nope. Okay, quarter mile. Nope. Speed racer. Or, no, no, sorry. Street racers. Nope. Okay. Uh, all wheel drive. Nope. Uh, wheel man. Nope. Downforce. Nope. Race Wars. No. Oh, okay. Well, see, I told you, they all sucked, but, you know, you do better. And <laughs> um, actually... Well, alright. What if they just called it Fate of the Furious? Well, that's... the, the What are they going to do when the eighth film comes around? They're they fucked. They have to do a different one. Fucked. Okay. Uh Either way, I think they could have easily worked around the... They didn't have to call it The Fast and The Furious. Like, I feel like an easy Fast and Furious would have done fine. Um, But now we have some other Fast What Ifs here. Um, In the first installment of the Fast and Furious franchise, Ja Rule played the role of Tej Parker. But he is called... um, what, wait, what is he called in that? Because he doesn't go by Tej. In it. He has a different name. Oh, wait, hold on. I have the cast list. Edwin. He's called Edwin. Um, <laughs> but weird name. I know. But, like, um, Edwin. so he was invited to come back for Too Fast, Too Furious as Tej Parker. But he declined because of money issues and how he got paid for the first film. So, instead, we get Ludacris, of course. And, um, but if Ludacris wasn't going to do it, they were going to get Reggie Redman Noble to play Tej instead. Which, again, that's a whole different character. Redman and Ludacris are to- two totally different dudes right I there. I see Ja Rule's kicking himself now. I Oh, yeah. That's a lot of money he's missing out on. Because he would have been in future, a lot of future films. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, from five on, like, Ludacris is there. sucks. Now. I don't think he has a rap career now, to be honest with you. Eminem buried him. Yeah. Uh, um, long, okay, so, long before Kurt Russell made the part of Mr. Nobody his own, 
Um, Halle Berry was seriously considered for the part in Fast and Furious 7. In that movie, though, we would have seen the character in a very different shape in more ways than one, of course, but, um, yeah, it would have not been an older man. It would have been Halle Berry, which, again, changes that character completely, um, which also probably changes Brie Larson's character in the Fast X movie, uh, which is probably for the best. Ruined uh, it. <laughs> um, ha- okay, so here's my Hobbs what-ifs for you. These are, again, not my what-ifs, these are ones I found. Hobbs was written with Tommy Lee Jones in mind, but the studio wanted a... Studio was looking at a younger version, apparently, at the time, just in case. And that younger version of Tommy Lee Jones that they were looking at was, of course, Josh Brolin. They were literally looking at the younger version of Tommy Lee Jones for the role. (laughs) Um, Which, uh, hear me out, I would have liked Tommy Lee Jones against Timothy Oliphant. I think that would have been an interesting thing. I would have liked the big brawn against the old, like, big young brawn against the old, uh, just, like, man who can, like, see the scene and know the next step because he's just, he uses his brains. What about Michael Caine? Nah, too old at this time. Michael Caine's way too old at this time. Tommy Lee Jones in 2001 is a lot younger. Like, you you gotta think he's about to do Men in Black 2 around this time, so... This was a couple years after the first Men in Black as well. Um, man, well, a few years after, almost 10 years after his Oscar win. Crazy. Um, David Tennant was almost Owen Shaw instead of, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Evans, Luke Evans. Um, and this one, this, this might interest you a little bit. This is about Tokyo Drift. Cheney Tatum was almost Sean Boswell. <laughs> why, why, why say that? Why say that? That was ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> no, but like... Uh, I, it wouldn't be as good. I think it'd be better. Mm. I think the, uh, the guy they have in the role sucks. I don't like him in Friday Night Lights. I don't like him in that. <laughs> Friday Night Lights is one of my favorite movies, but I hate that actor. I don't think he can act. And I hated when they brought him back in the seventh movie. I was like, oh, let me guess. Are they going to try to replace Paul Walker with this dude? And they brought him back one more time. But he does not look how young he's supposed to be he's in gotten, this role. He's starting to bald. He's very bald. And he, it's only supposed to be like a couple years after the events of Tokyo Drift. I think it's supposed to be like maybe... A, wait, no, because... Like... Um, Dom's son's like, like almost growing up or grown up in the tenth. I don't know, dude. I, I f- the continuity of these movies are just fucking confusing now. Um, yeah, that was my last what if though. So uh, obviously not as long as our other what ifs we've had in the past, but definitely a handful of them. Um, no, we had what before this? We had like what ten, five, ten minutes. I mean, yeah, but it's like almost an hour. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> your math is mathing. I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> but, dude, like, I think Timothy Oliphant, like, we don't know this movie without Vin Diesel. Because as much as Vin Diesel has made this franchise his own little, like, special project, I think this movie actually is better for Paul Walker. 
I think Paul Walker is the star. I think he's the character we care most about. He's the character we follow and are more interested about because Dominic Toretto almost becomes bigger than life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's doing things that are just un- irrationally like... What? I would never drive my car out of a tower. There's a lot of things they shouldn't drive the car out of in those movies, man. Space. But, or into, in that matter, if we're talking about space. But, yeah, like, it's just like... You know where it all started? Hmm. Go to Too Fast, Too Furious. I uh, Dude, I don't even think... I think it's a after... Because, hear me out. This is also, I think, several reasons for a lot of events happened. The second Fast and Furious movie wasn't that great. It didn't do that well. So they tried to reboot it with Tokyo Drift. Tried to get new characters in there. Had Bow Wow in there. Had that Sean Boswell, who's an annoying-ass character. Nobody fucking cares about. I loved Um, it. He is a knockoff Brian O'Connor. But, um, yeah, like, he... But they they do that. Nobody gives a shit. Everybody just cares, and they find they give away the Dom tra- the Dom cameo later on in the trailers because nobody cares about the movie. Nobody's seeing it. So what happens? We get the fourth film, which they call Fast and Furious. From there, we get Brian back. We get Dom back. We get Mia. We get Letty, who's killed in the fourth one annoyingly. But wait, there's more with Letty. Because, uh, as we know, as the series went on, nobody's actually dead. They everybody, all come back to life. They, everybody comes back to Even life. Even Brian O'Connor. I do. They, I seriously wouldn't doubt it at this point. Like, it's <laughs> so ridiculous. I will be pissed off. Like, I think that would be going one They're step too far. To I, just, it, I mean, he's technically still alive in the universe. And I respect that. And I think we just need to leave it be. You wrote him off. They, yeah, they sort of, kind of, but the thing is, they still keep Mia around. And it's like, why is Mia never with her husband? It's, it's it just it, stay-at-home dad. Stay-at-home dad, just Brian, Brian O'Connor just doing the stay-at-home dad. Just yeah. But it's funny, because in, uh, is it the sixth or seventh movie? They show him it's in a minivan, and he's just, like, not addressed. It's the sixth movie, I he's think. He's the, the, the uh, minivan, he's, like, waiting in the pickup line. Pick line drop-off yeah. line. But yeah, and he's like getting ready. He's revving the. I think it's funny. Like he's just always in like street racer mode, even in a minivan. But Paul Walker made this series, and it shows after he died, the seventh movie had to be reworked. I give a lot of slack to the seventh movie because they had to do what they had to do with it. Um, and it's of course it's tragic. It's sad, but. Them continuing on the series this far after his death and then still mentioning him, name-dropping him, and then, like, the thing is, it's this is going to sound cheesy, it is noticeable that Dominic Toretto doesn't have a best friend anymore, and he has no one to work off of, because this movie series is based off the friendship of Brian O'Connor and Dominic Toretto. The fa- That's why the second movie doesn't work, because... Brian and Dominic are not together. So, even though we love Brian, we love Paul Walker, we love seeing him in this role, 
nobody cares because Dominic's not there. We're missing that. That's why the whole, like, Tyrese connection. Tyrese is good as a little, like, everybody's chicken on ch- chicken on him. Joking <laughs> on him. Or joking on him. Why can't I talk right? Picking on him. Picking on him. <laughs> joking on him. Joking on him. <laughs> and um, everybody's just picking on him, making jokes. and But, like, him and Paul Walker don't go well together. Because they're kind of, like... I, I don't want to say they're the same guy because they're completely different characters, but, like, Vin Diesel is Vin Diesel, and or Dominic Toretto is Dominic Toretto, and Brian O'Connor is Brian O'Connor. Like, they don't... Like, I, I don't know. There's just, like, a dynamic between the two. It's like Batman and Robin. That's the best way I can describe it, I guess. Um, Batman and Robin. But once, you know, but that's that's going back to my point, is, like, once Brian... Once Paul Walker couldn't be truly part of this series anymore... They needed to let this series go with him. Because without that foundation, without that friendship, these movies lack hard. And it shows, and they're just they're just jokes now. People just make jokes of them. Watch, we're going to get to the 13th movie, and they're going to reboot it. It's Everybody's going to cry, like, this is the best movie I've ever thought. And they're no, going to be not. like, alright, let's start all over again. <laughs> New cast. Okay, but yeah, so those were our what-ifs, so it's now the time to get into our next category. <laughs> it would be some shit. Alright, so we're ready to hit the NOS and gun it to 88, and we're going back to June 22nd, 2001, at the cusp of the movie guy, then Movie Boy's 10th birthday. Literally, birthday was three days later. You know what movie I saw for my birthday? The Fast and the Furious. Um, I think, I think, I remember seeing it in theaters, but, because I always went to see, you know what, no, 2001, June 22nd, 2001, for that birthday, I actually saw Big Daddy in theaters, came out the same weekend, is that wild? Wait, no. Big Daddy was in the 90s. Yeah, that was 99. So, yeah, I probably would. I, I do remember seeing Big Daddy. So, yeah, June 22nd, 2001, that would have been... Let me look at this list. Nope. Shrek. Anyway. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Anyway, so, yeah, I was 10 years old at the time when this came out, or about to be 10. Uh, it had a budget just over $38 million, and it's opening weekend. It had made over just over $40 million with a worldwide engross of over Two hundred and seven million dollars. So, now, do these movie companies get uh, money from like the Hot Wheels and? I think there is like they do get like a percentage of sales because like I I used to have like little Hot Wheel car the ninety eight cent ones. Um, they ain't ninety eight cents anymore. I think I think they're like just a buck. I they're not. Hot Wheels are, like, the Hot Wheels, or are we talking a different... I'm talking about just the normal little cars. I buy them for me, me and Emily. Every time we go to the store, she likes to find Batmobiles, because I like Batman, so she likes to find the Batmobiles. And so, anytime we go to the store now, we always get a Batmobile, so I know how much they are. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so right away, this is a very successful franchise back then in 2001, now it is over a billion dollar franchise. I think a handful of them have are actually in the billion dollar club um alone. But yeah, this is This is what happens when you get people the wrong people that have a bunch of money. 
to continue a franchise. Because, see, what happened was the, this this series really hit its peak popularity four through six. And we worked at the theater when the uh, the sixth one came out. I was at the uh, drive-in. You were at the drive-in, but you had to have been... Because I remember... Maybe it was Taylor, but I remember I was an usher at the time of when this movie came out. Or when the when Fast and Furious 6 was out. And I remember filling up a bucket for to mop. And I went on my phone, and my brother said, Dude, Paul Walker had just died. And I said, no fucking way. I yeah, went onto my you, phone, yeah, I googled you. it, and I and everybody was in the lobby, even customers, and I just announced Paul Walker just died in a car wreck. And then everybody stopped, they looked on their phones, and and then after that, Fast and Furious 6 became a very popular movie again. Because it was in our like smallest theater at that time, because it was on its way out, but then like... We had to keep it. We had it. We kept it for like a month after that. It was wild, but it was super sad. But anyway, yeah, this movie really hit its peak popularity then. The seventh movie came out, which was a tribute to Paul Walker and dedicated to his memory, of course. But then after, again, after Paul Walker leaves, we lose that relationship that got us glued to the series in the first place. And they just went downhill after that. When does the new one come out? Fuck if I know, man. Like I said, I don't keep track of it. Like, the 10th one was highly disappointed. Like, I knew it was going to be bad, but it, from the trailers... Oh, we got they, a while. We got a while. Yeah, good. 2025. Uh, maybe they should rethink some things with these movies. Um, but yeah, so, on the in the vein of this being popular and stuff like that, uh, here is the ten top, top 10 box office of that weekend. Um, of course, The Fast and Furious did premiere at number one. Right in number two, though, we got Dr. Doolittle 2. Then we got Laura Croft Tomb Raider. I don't remember any of these. I, dude, I remember seeing all... This is, like, the one of the first top tens from, like, a lot longer ago where I was like, wow, I remember seeing all these in theaters. Like, I, this is, like, the... Well, of course, there's ones in, like, two, like 2010s and whatnot. But, like, this is almost the 90s. And I'm like, wow, I saw all these in theaters. So... Fast and Furious, Doctor Doolittle Two, Tomb Raider, Atlantis: The Lost Empire, Shrek, oh, yeah, Swordfish, Pearl Harbor, Moulin Rouge, Evolution, and The Animal. So yeah, weirdly enough, saw all those in theaters. Um, only like a handful of them still. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so word on the street though about this movie at the time, well or now. It currently sits at a 54% Rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it does have an audience score of 74%. On IMDb, it sits at a 6.8 out of 10. On Letterboxd, it sits at a 3.3 out of 5. I personally give it a 3.5 out of 5. Um, And then on Google, we have a 4.5 out of 5, with one average Joe reviewer giving it a 4-star review saying... Nice movie. Dot, 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 dot. That's it. That's the review. Anywho, yeah. So, as I mentioned, I did see this movie. I don't... It might have been my birthday movie. It might have been Shrek. I can't remember. I might have saw Shrek. I do remember seeing this movie in theaters, though. And I remember us getting the Blu-ray. because I Or not the Blu-ray. The DVD... The DVD had, like, the holographic, like, DVD case scene, the little keep case and whatnot. 
It was really cool and stuff like that. Um, but one of the things I remember growing up was like, I never heard a movie character that had the name Brian that was spelled B-R-I-A-N. So I was like, oh my God, he has the same name as me. So that was like a really cool thing back in the day. Um, I thought Vin Diesel was really cool back in the day. And of course, like, I was a 10-year-old kid. There are beautiful women in this movie. <laughs> uh, Michelle Rodriguez is, like, a weird, like, kick-ass goddess. But I fucking love her, and I'd go to war for her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, do you remember, like, what your memories of when this came out? Like, when was, like, your first experience of this movie? Got it on DVD. I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. I know a lot of people, like, I see, I feel like I was lucky, because Jason was into movies, and then, like, our parents always, like, allowed us to go to the movies with our friends on the weekends. And, like, I remember always orchestrating, trying to get a large amount of people to go to the movies all together. I keep accidentally tapping on the microphone. Um... And so every weekend, I would always try to orchestrate a huge group of friends to all go to the movies. And a lot of times it would work out, sometimes it wouldn't, but always had a fun time. And that was kind of what really helped me become Brian the Movie Guy. Movie. Yeah. Um, was this, like, time frame of between 2000 and, you know, today. Um, but yeah. Um, I've weirdly stuck with the franchise ever since the first one. Him. You gotta see them. And uh, but I will say, I haven't watched the last three in theaters. I've waited for either streaming <laughs> or I've waited for a DVD release. Because I just, like I said, when I look at a trailer and if I get a feeling I'm not going to be interested in it, I am not willing to go to a theater to waste my time. They have to know that these movies are... I think sometimes they think like... I think they aim it towards a certain part of the fan base that's still, like, all about these movies that, like, defend them to the end. But in all honesty, like, I, there's becoming less and less to defend about them because Vin Diesel just has made them, like, look how amazing Dominic Toretto is. Look how, like, the power of family and all this other stuff. And then what really hurts them is, like, I don't want to see them as superheroes. I don't want them saving the world. Like, that's never what the Fast and Furious has been about. That's why I love Fast Five so much. They're being criminals again. They're, and it's also Ocean's Eleven with cars, pretty much. <laughs> I love Fast Five. It's the, it, To me, that's the best one in the series, besides the, the original one. Um, I am partial to Tokyo. And it's weird. That, like, Tokyo Drift has its, like, weird fan base, but I just... I'm not a, I'm not into it. I just don't, you know, I need, I need Brian O'Connor and Dominic Toretto. I need that connection. Uh, but yeah, that was our, uh, we're, we're now going to travel back and we're going to hear some, uh, possible facts. All right, everyone, we are in 70% fast facts. So... It's not going to be that fast. I, what if I was just like, Paul Walker was the first? No, I'm not going to do it like that. Um, oh, God. Ever. <laughs> but as I mentioned um, earlier, that Paul Walker was the first actor um, casted, and then Vin Diesel to, had to take more persuasion with changing of the script. Um, neither Michelle Rodriguez nor Jordana Brewster had driver's license or even learner's permit before production of the film uh, began so they had to go through driving school and Jesus. get all that before 
filming, which it, it, that's actually like a very common thing in L.A. because there's, I mean, it, it, you hear about the traffic there all the time. It's horrible. So a lot of people, they don't drive themselves. They either have a car or they, however they fucking transport. I don't really care half the time. Um, um, Paul Walker and Matt Schultz um, carefully choreographed the fight scene outside the grocery store. But when it came time to shoot, it didn't feel right. So in the end, they just improvised and actually kicked the shit out of each other. Jesus Christ, Dom, would you get out there, please? I'm sick of this shit. I'm not kidding, Dom. Get out there. What'd you put in that sandwich? That's really funny. Dom! Uh, Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez were actually dating off-screen during the filming, just as they do did on-screen of this film. Um, during the Race Wars um, scene, real-life drivers brought their cars to participate in the huge scene, and there were over 1,500 cars uh, at Race Wars during that one scene. So that's 1,500 people who heard about this movie that are actual real-life racers that came out to do this. So... Again, like, maybe race culture was there, but, like, it was never popularized like this. Because I never knew a world like this existed. Like, people were obsessed with doing these kind of things to their cars. Where they were making them slicker, cooler, faster, whatever they could. And it was just, it was a thing. It was a lifestyle. Um, there are over 15,000 individual sound effects in the very first street race scene. Um, this movie was inspired by a 1998 Vibe article called Racer X, which, huh, that'd be kind of a cool <laughs> title, even though Racer X is the, uh, name of, uh, from a, uh, Speed Racer character. Um, the air intake for the supercharger on one of the movie's, uh, cars used as Dom's 1970 Dodge Charger RT is a fake borrowed from someone's boat. So, yeah, that's why that thing's so fucking huge. Uh, <laughs> If you pay attention from the point of view of the train as Brian and Dom cross the tracks at the end of the movie, Brian actually wins by a few inches. Earlier in the movie, Dom told Brian, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. And Brian has actually beaten Dom and not just taking his foot off the clutch to get a million bucks. Um, in Furious 7... Yeah, he never beats Dom does, besides that one time. Nope, he never does besides that one time. Dom can't lose a race or a fight. No, he can't lose a fight. That's the thing. I'm pretty sure that's in Vin Diesel's contract. Um, and Furious 7, Letty's gravestone said she died, quote-unquote, in 2009, the year the fourth movie, Fast and Furious, was released. In that movie, Mia mentions it's been five years since Brian portrayed her and Dom. Um, that would retroactively make the events of the first film take place actually... In 2004 and not 2001. Let me look that up. Look what up? Dude, I don't know if that's a real thing. It it's is. just like, it is a real thing. He actually has it in his contract yeah. that he can't lose a fight. Wow. Vin Diesel, we need to have a talk, dude. You have a little man syndrome. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. It I don't know. How, can you see how tall he is? Yeah, this this states that this makes it harder for the choreographer to work these intense fight scenes between the actors. Because you can't add stakes to Vin Diesel if he looks like he's about to lose. Dwayne Johnson also has it, so that's why it was so tough. 
That's annoying. That's Man, so... Jason you know what? I always think about, like, if I write a movie, I think I'm going to have the main character, or if, if it's right for the story, die every time. Because to have, like, the hero live for every story, I just feel like kind of takes out some of the ideas of heroism. Like, not to say that the, the hero has to die every time, but I feel like if the hero does die for whatever they are fighting for, it does kind of add to the emotional impact of when they achieve their goal. So, um, um, Vin Diesel's five foot eleven and a half inches. I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, that guy, like, there's sometimes where they have him angled, and I'm like, how tall is this guy? Like, there's no... You know what? Have you seen the photo of him Paul and... Walker was taller than him. Okay, I was about to say, have you seen the photo of uh, Paul Walker's daughter next to him when he walked her down the aisle? Like, the daughter's taller than him. Paul Walker is the same height as uh, The Rock. 6'2"? I don't know how I know that. (laughs) The Rock is just a half inch taller than him. Dude, yeah, no, they're doing something because, like, in that fight scene, they're making Vin Diesel look as tall as The Rock. Yeah. They're doing shit. Uh, but yeah, that... They did the Tom Hardy in uh, Batman. He had to wear... Oh, yeah, he had to... Yeah, because he... Tom, but dude, still, Tom Hardy could back his shit up, though. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that was um, all the fun facts I have. I don't know if you have any fun facts that I maybe missed or don't know about. But yeah, I don't like to have those too long because... Then after a while, you're just reading the IMDb trivia page. But yeah, uh, on to our next category. So we are now in our last category, Cody. We are in... Wait, listen, did you see that? Um, So, uh, per usual, I kind of like keeping it up to five quotes and five scenes, so ten all together, because it was almost a little impossible to have a scene... That didn't have a quote in it. Because, weirdly, this is actually a quotable movie. And there's a lot of good scenes, actually, in it. So, the first quote I want to mention is... Of course, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters. Not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all that bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. <laughs> it's It has become really like the catalyst of who Vin Diesel is, is living a quarter of a mile at a time. And if you say that to anyone in real life... You get made fun of yeah. that. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, fuck you, man. <laughs> um, I live my life a quarter of a mile at a time. <laughs> so... Um, the first scene I have is, it's the first race scene, but I like what happens after the very first race scene. And again, this is a quote, but it's the, like, Dom's there, he's, like, glowing because he just won the race. Brian, Brian, like, skidded out, um, and then, like, he... Which he had a cool car there, too. Brian has a cool car, for sure, and Dom does, which they had to take the roll cage out of that. That was something I forgot to put in the, uh, because of his, his build, his bulkiness. They, he couldn't fit in the car properly. Um, but I like after the very first race scene, 
Brian's sitting there, and he's all, like, cheesy, and he just goes to, to Dom, like, dude, I always had you. And Dom, like, this is something I said to you yesterday, but I'm going to say it for the podcast. I don't know what happened to Vin Diesel's acting. It's the eyebrows. <laughs> it, 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 maybe. I don't know. But, but he is controlling the crowd. He is commanding the scene. But the fact that you always had me. What are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you. You almost had me? You never had me. You never had your car. Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. You're lucky that 100 shot of Nas didn't blow the welds on the intake. Almost had me? Me and the mad scientist gotta rip apart the block and replace the piston rings you fry. <laughs> Ask any racer, any real racer. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. He's, he's joking around, he's interacting with everyone, and I love when he, the winning's winning and he like lifts his arm up and just stares at him, because it's like, the, welcome to my world is pretty much what he's saying to Brian, like, whatever you think you know, you don't. Um, the next quote I have is, you can have any brew you want, as long as it's a Corona. Which is now, again, a staple of Vin <laughs> Diesel, is fucking Corona. And <laughs> I just, I I'm don't want to say that, but <laughs> it just gets ridiculous when Kurt Russell comes in and he's like, you want a beer? And he like, that's, that's not the right brew. And he's like, I thought you might say that. And then all of a sudden he turns it and it's Corona. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like it just becomes, too, everything becomes too much of a comedic trope. That was like, what's like just fun things about the series. Um, but that's that is the catalyst of it. That is the genesis. Um, Do you think Ven's uh, younger brother could beat him in a straight up race? Uh, Jacob. The they didn't genesis. really do it in his movie, but we don't see him actually race so to actually know because from all I we gather like... is that nobody ever beats Dominic like... Toretto unless he wants you to beat him. I feel like Jacob Toretto could beat him. We don't know. We'll never how know. do you get Dominic and Jacob? Dude, <laughs> they don't. They're not the, even the Jacob same. Jacob doesn't exist in the first. He doesn't exist in this first film, by the way. Yeah. He does not. He doesn't exist until what? Eight? He does. Uh, I think eight. Yeah, eight is when I think we're introduced to him. And then Dominic's face is like, oh, Ooh, I just my, saw a ghost. <laughs> my brother. Um, so the next, <laughs> the next is Dom's brother. <laughs> I remember Letty saying that. <laughs> and that's my another another point of like dead character. Well, we'll get there soon. Um, Let's just grab this guy out of the space. <laughs> Dom, op- uh, the next scene I have is Dom opens up about his father. That's my dad. He's coming up in the pro stock car circuit. Last race of the season. A guy named Kenny Linder came up from inside in the final turn and clipped his bumper and put him into the wall at 120. Um, 
I watched my dad burn to death. I remembered hearing him scream. But the people that were there said that he had died before the tanks blew. They said it was me who was screaming. I saw Linda about a week later. I had a wrench. And I hit him. And I didn't intend to keep hitting him, but by the time I was done, I couldn't lift my arms. He's a janitor at a high school. Has to take the bus to work every day. And they banned me from the tracks for life. Again, this is another moment where Vin Diesel's acting. He's actually acting. We find out the whole story about Linder accidentally killing his dad uh, while racing, and then, like... But don't you find out more later on, like, 8, when Jacob comes around? I can't remember. Because they were both working on the car when he died. Maybe. I I feel like... I think it's, like, hinted that Jacob might have been the cause or something, but, like, Jacob's been living with it, because... Again, Jacob's the good a good guy in the next film, but whatever. He ends um, up dying though. Yeah, but I'm sure he'll sure, come back to life. Sure, he's dead. <laughs> anyway, um, the next quote I have, but well, real quick, back to his dad though. Like again, like that scene's also going with the quarter mile at life at a time. So like somebody was like, "We're gonna do something nuts," and somebody was like, "What?" We're going to write Vin Diesel a monologue. And they're like, no, no way. There's no way Vin Diesel can do a monologue. And he does. It's emotional. We get the background of like, because throughout the movie, we're told that he is a hot wire who almost beat a man to death. No, he is a man who witnessed the death of his father, saw someone that he is always associated with the death of his father, and had a weak moment in his life. Because when Brian says he seems very... uh calm and collected and just like in control that is dom dom is truly an in control person the whole series and in this movie for sure um so but yeah my next quote i have is um towards the end when brian's about to well it's right before their first race and he says i used to drag here back in high school that railroad crossing up here is exactly a quarter mile away from here on green I'm going for it. Like, it's not that he's, like, asking to go for it or just, like, not just ignoring that Brian's there. He's letting him know, like, I'm going to hit that point and then you're never going to see me again. That is what he's trying to tell him. And then the whole train thing, I don't think he realized how close the train thing is, but that's still, like, a cool moment. Even though you can kind of tell it's green screen today, it's still a cool moment. But, um... But yeah, I just, I always kind of like that because he's just, it's almost like he's, he's kind of accepting he might go to jail, but he's at the same time, like, he has the goal of like, yeah, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back there. Um, so the ne- the next scene I have is when Dom finds out Brian is a cop. <coughs> Come on, bitch, hang in there. Come on. <coughs> If we don't get him to an ambulance in 10 minutes, he's dead. Just hold this. Hold the pressure just it. like that. Don't let go. Hold his arm up. Vince! Yeah. 
Yeah, this is Officer Brian O'Connor. I'm off duty MAPD. I need a life flight rollout right away. My 20 is a highway 86 mile marker 147. I got one trauma victim, about 24 years of age, six foot, maybe 200 pounds. He's got real deep laceration to his right arm with arterial bleeding. And he's got a, a shotgun wound close range to his left flank. Yeah. Yeah, he's going into shock. Because, again, acting, he's doing, but it's all facial. He's mad, he's upset, he's betrayed, he feels, there's just so many emotions that he's, and he wants to kill Brian. You can tell he wants to kill Brian, he wants to yell at Brian, he wants to shoot Brian, stab Brian. He, he doesn't want Brian in his life, but he also, like, it's kind of like the reverse effect of when uh, Keanu Reeves has the gun aimed at Patrick Swayze in Point Break, where, like, now Dom's like, oh, okay, now I have this guy who is, like, kind of like this growing to be like a brother to me, and he just fucking betrayed me by lying to me this whole time about being a fucking cop. Which then we get the scene where Jesse comes in and gets killed, which poor Jesse doesn't get to be part of that people who gets to randomly return from the dead. Sorry, dude. Um, but yeah, like... And then they had dinner at the end of that movie, I'm pretty sure. At the end of the first film? Didn't they? No, no, no they it didn't. ends with the keys because we we'll, we'll get to that. People uh, die and they still have dinner. <laughs> I mean, you, you gotta eat. Um, say grace. Say grace. I mean, th dude, when I, I honestly, when I said, "Here, come help me," he's like, "Looks like you got all the help you need, brother." And he comes back, he's like, well, "I gotta eat," and it's like, "Well, you didn't help, <laughs> so why would I let you eat?" Like, no, I would have. I've been like, you really need to think about your actions. There's no way I'm going to let you fucking get away with it being a child. You are, you are a 24 year old man, supposedly. He looks like a 40 year old. Man. He was he dude this is close to 40. I guarantee. Look at him in Fast Five. You know how old they're probably supposed to be in Fast Five. Let me, let me they're probably up. supposed to be our age right now in Fast Five. Um, so well, in Fast Four, we'll we'll get there. And sorry. Um, so, the next scene I have... Oh, wait. Did I already do a scene? Okay, I did a scene. So, the next quote I have... And it's 51 the one I, now. It's 51 now? So, I don't know. It doesn't matter. So, the next quote I have, and it's the one I mentioned earlier that Gabe has a shirt of. Tune on white, no crust, right? I don't know. How is it? Every day for the last three weeks you've been coming in here and you've been asking me how the tuna is now. It was crappy yesterday, it was crappy the day before, and guess what? It hasn't changed. I'll have the tuna. No crust? No crust. It's kind of our way of knowing, like, it, there's a lot of exposition here because she's like, you've been coming in here for the past two weeks ordering the same sandwich. <clears throat> I mean, he was close to that age. <clears throat> what? 2001. What? Uh, he was 29. 29? Mm -hmm. He does not... We won't get into that. We <laughs> just don't worry about that anymore. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the tuna on white thing, it's really like the start of Mia and Brian's whole like back and forth little thing of what they would become. Um, the next scene I have is, of course, the raid on the Tran gang. I really... For one, we hit that really just like the, the intense rock song played. But then... I love when Johnny's in handcuffs. His dad walks up to him and completely backhand slaps him. Jesus. 
having the most disgusted look on his face of like, you're no son of mine. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Brian's dying. It's happening again. It's the hic- <laughs> Dude, it's just random hiccups every time. Oh okay. <laughs> My last quote I have written here is it's your body telling you you're done i know and this these two things my my last quote here and my last scene go together my last scene is brian and dom's final race and my last quote is i know what you're doing i owe you a 10 second car because we could talk about it now why is he holding the keys like that? I cannot describe to you how he's holding the keys, but if you go to people, if you're listening, Google right now, go Paul Walker holding keys, the Fast and the Furious end scene, or something like that. Just any emphasis to get you to see how awkwardly he hands Dom those keys. And you'll be like, no human being has ever held a pair of keys in that way, and they never will, um, except for Paul Walker. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I I love it though because like, even though Brian is a cop, and they always like make it seem like he's gonna bust Dom the whole time, um, he actually does nothing to put Dom in jail. He gives them no evidence of what Dom's did. Done. Well, they do get get the cell phone tracking, but that doesn't prove anything. It doesn't prove that he was trying to rob that truck. Um, now, Vince being hella sent to the uh, hospital, that doesn't help matters, but, you know, it's here there, nor there. Um, that's why he had to go to Brazil. Well, yeah, that's what he heads at. Like, he can't go home anymore because of everything that happened. And, of course, he blames Brian, which, I mean, you can blame Brian or you can blame the fact that you are breaking the law. But that kind of, like, they have a weird, movies have this weird way of, like, us getting to know the bad guys, who the pe- the normal everyday people we are supposed to, like, hate and making us like them. Like, there is no reason for us to like Dom's gang, but we get to know everyone. We get to know Jesse, who's this young kid who, he's wicked smart. But, you know, he suffers from the ADHD, ADD, yeah, that shit. Um, But, you know, he mentions there's something about motors that just calms him. And now, I truly, truly believe, like, when I was in college, I took a psychology course. And we talked, there was this one time we had to debate on, do we think that there's specific kind of intelligence with people? Like, I'm really good with art. But I am not good with cars, which is ironic because we were talking about a movie about cars. I could tell you how to make the movie about the movie about cars, but I could not tell you how to build the car. Fair enough. Uh, but um, this, it, it, the, what am I trying to say here? I feel like I'm trying to get philosophical in a way. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I just think it's so interesting that movies have this effect that we can like get to know these characters and get to to the point of like, I want these characters to succeed more than the annoying ass cops we meet. Because any scene where we're with the cops, what do we find out? Oh, they've set up camp in a house that they've repossessed from someone or that they took from someone. Now, it sounds like they were criminals. So, you know, it is what it is. But, like, um, 
at no point do they seem like nice to Brian. Like anytime they have a chance to talk to Brian, it's to ridicule Brian for his job and his work or anything they can. Um, which again, fair Brian is being very blinded by Mia the whole movie about what his job's supposed to be. So I get it. But at the same time, like the cops, there's not one likable character, especially the one that's like, Hey pal, I would get off on her, uh, surveillance photos too. Like, Dude, no, like far, way too far, especially if you know he is dating Mia, like, why would you say that to a dude? You just don't say that to another guy. Um, but yeah, like, and I don't, I guess that's the anti-hero aspect, because, you know, I think Robin Hood, as much as people wouldn't think of Robin Hood as an anti-hero, like, he is someone who is technically committing crimes to do good things, so... You know, he is stealing from the rich to give to the poor, you know, even though, yes, he is stealing from rich people that's stealing, regardless how you look at it. So Robin Hood, if you look at it, first first antihero. And Dominic Toretto, is he an antihero? Yes. Kind of in this aspect, yes. But, like... He's old in every frame. Well, can't say every movie, but... But it is interesting that, like, movies kind of have this effect on us. And then, like, these movies... I don't, they, they were successful for a reason. They've been around this long for a reason. And, um, and I think it really, um, comes back to the relationship aspect I keep talking about. Um, people were drawn in with what Paul Walker brought and what Vin Diesel brought. Um, it gave a voice to like this kind of subculture of people that kind of don't have anything to really brag about. Like, I mean, I'm sure they all went and saw Gone in 60 Seconds because like they got to see all these beautiful classic cars and whatnot in it. But like, this is a movie that, I mean, I think uh, they lost that. They lost what the basis of this is. And it's like the street racing aspect, the culture of the street racing. Now the the uh, and that's why I go back to Fast Five, them being with you know they're robbing, they're planning a heist, and they I like that. They should have stayed with that. That I like the aspect of like these are people that are like sort of like would you watch Danny Ocean being a hero? No, you wouldn't watch an Ocean's movie and expect Danny Ocean to be a hero. So you don't watch a Fast and Furious movie and expect them to be like, "I have the nuke codes. This is the we can do this. We can stop all this. We can save the world." Like I don't care about that for a Fast and Furious movie. Um, now again, Fast and Fo- Fast Five, hell of an action film, but we don't have the they are trying to save the world aspect there yet. I don't think that really comes in until after the seventh film, maybe the sixth one. I can't remember. I don't know why the six ones really when you, bringing when you bring in the Shaw brothers. That's when it kind of started. Okay, so six because that's when Owen Shaw comes. Because the seventh one deals with Jason Statham because he's the one you find out killed Han. Killed Han was uh, what's Han's girlfriend's name in there? Well, it's Gail Godot. I know that Je- Jezebel. I'm pretty sure she falls off the plane. Giselle? Is it Giselle? I it's think, Giselle, I think. I think she falls off the plane in six. She falls off the plane in six on the uh, 12 mile runway, yeah. air, airport runway. Again, like. Unbelievable. Yeah, which, but it's still like you're getting like fun action pieces. Like, that's eventually what these movies became were action set pieces. But again, um, and I, maybe we talked about this off mic. I do think they were setting up Paul Walker's exit of the series before his death because 
in five, oh. there's just a lot of setup of like the baby, the setting it up with money, telling him that they need to be laying low and all that stuff. I wonder if if he was still alive, if he would say that he was. But we would know if he was still alive. Well, if they if he was still alive, this franchise would have been so much different now. I don't think we would have been as far deep into this. And we I could be wrong. I well, could they be said blind. that he wanted to do 11, but now they've stretched it to 13. I think Vin Diesel wanted to do 11 because Vin Diesel needs his meal ticket. Because Vin weird... Diesel doesn't have any other movies to live off of anymore. Let's be real. Like, I think the last like movie he did... That wasn't a Fast and Furious movie. Was the Last Witch Hunter, well, or something like that, and it sucked. So he doesn't need the fast. He doesn't need the Fast series at this point. If he has, well, he had. It depends on what's happening. Well, and also he comes in for and says, "Well, granted, even though he's saying just three words, he does change the emotion and and all that stuff." Well, so I'll give Riddick him that as well. Yeah, but the Riddick series ended a while ago. Like. DVD world a while ago, so I don't know. Like, I'll, let me look up and see what he's it's doing. so weird. And then like the missing character of um, what's his name, Leon. Mm-hmm. Like Leon disappears. Uh, Jess has suffered the his fate because he was out of the you know the realm of like any character could come back. Um, Hector is a like a character I wouldn't mind have seen come back. He was in Triple X, the first one. Uh, he's in two of them. He's also in The Return of Xander Cage, because they thought, like... Because the second movie had Ice Cube in it, and it was kind of a failure. And a lot of people assumed, because Vin Diesel wasn't in the second... Uh, uh, it's called State of the Union. Triple um, X State of the Union. Um, that That's why it failed. So they did a third Triple X field, or uh, film or movie, and they called it The Return of Xander Cage. He was in Suicide Squad. Who's he in Suicide Squad? Mm-hmm. Finn Diesel? Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. I really can't think who he is in Suicide Squad. You would... I, wow, fuck, that's a good question. Uh, but yeah, like, so, I don't know. Like, I think this movie is very classic. I think that... I do think it is interesting that it has been able to be such a phenomenon that it has, that, like, it's become, like, a staple in pop culture. It's always, like, the catalyst of, like, if you want a racing movie, you think of the Fast and Furious, but then you can also use it as, like, heist films and all that other stuff. Um, I wish that they would have seen that what I see so blatantly clear is that Paul Walker made this series what it was, and without him and Vin Diesel next to each other, it's suffering right now. The movies need to stop. They have made less and less money, I believe, through each installment. Um, well, Jason Momoa was a joke in the last one. Well, he's the, he's the big villain. He's the devil, and yeah, he just knows how to like defeat everyone somehow. But everything was so humorous with him. Yeah, it's it's and all I, the words that he was saying was just like some of the lines I was like cringing. No, he's a cringy dude. Uh, but I, here's my problem with Jason Momoa. I like Jason Momoa. I think he's a good person in real life, but he's never not Jason Momoa. I don't think he can act well. Aquaman. It, it, even it, dude, honestly, thinking about it, Patrick Wilson is Aquaman. Patrick Wilson looks like Aquaman. Like it made more sense for him to be Aquaman versus uh. 
Jason Momoa, who is just Jason Momoa in everything I watch now that with him. I want to know what he's been in besides Justice League. Um, well, he's did this movie called Braven. That was an action movie, and he was Cal Drago in um, the game, the first season of Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, yeah. He didn't talk really. He well, he talked to Thraki. But anyway, that's not the <laughs> point. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I do enjoy the first film. I do think it's. It, it is a now as much shit as we're giving this first film we do have to remember that the original star wars has a lot that's not retcon with the original series anymore um especially like obi-wan's training and the, even like some of the backstory with obi-wan he was in dune dune mm-hmm. who jason momoa jason momoa was in oh yeah dune uh yeah he was in dune he's in- that's a fucking spoiler <laughs> <laughs> no one's supposed to know that. And he's going to be in Minecraft. <laughs> I do know of the Minecraft movie. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. You have any thoughts on this before we wrap up? I think you hit it dead on the head of the nail. The first one and the fifth one are probably the only two that stand alone in this franchise because all the other ones are shit. Besides Tokyo Drift. I just, I can't stand by Tokyo Drift. Fourth one's like weird, like transition movie like of the like second one. the second one's bad um with cole hauser but like it i feel weird it was just it was so impossible not to talk about this movie without bringing up 11 other movies at this point uh or tw- 10 or whatever um but yeah like i do still enjoy this one i did find it enjoyable i like the quotes i like the scenes i think a lot of the special effects are really cheesy and badly chosen but for like, its time it was oh yeah for his time it's like whoa but like the nos sequences were like the the he tells his computer to shut up oh that was funny but like <laughs> when you see like the backgrounds like you can tell like the cars are being just added to like a green screen almost and then like everything like moves like a lava lamp yeah, at the first. first race kind of seemed a little long for a quarter mile it was too long because what we're told is that it takes ten seconds to do that quarter mile, but like ten these races are like two minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was our first episode of the of the year, and our next episode is going to be a fun one. And with, we will uh, do all the Fast and Furious. <laughs> we're just uh, yeah, just this whole year Fast and Furious movies. No, uh, <laughs> next week we will not be doing that. We will be doing a comedy. We are going back to uh, actually we will be covering it for its twentieth anniversary. Dodgeball. Um, but of course, as we like to say here, um, bonjour.